The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here's Brandon. Welcome back to Old Space Show. I'm Brandon, and this is Jim. Hi, I'm taking up a lot of old space. <laughs> this is this is of Old Space Show follows our continued episode by episode travelogue through the first season of Space. 1999, where the moon is knocked out of orbit, wandering through the far reaches of space, the population of its human-built colony, hoping to stumble upon a new home. It's the most 70s of futures. Oh, yes. It's beautiful. (laughs) Today, we are talking about the second episode, Matter of Life and Death. This episode. It's called Matter of Life and Death. This episode. Potential new home planet. This episode. Russell's husband resurfaces. This episode. But it's not really him. This episode. And the planet's not really inhabitable. A reminder, we're going through the episodes in the fan-preferred production order, not broadcast order as found on streaming services. Don't make the same mistake I made. (laughs) (laughs) This one is written by David Tomlin. After this, he will write three Doctor Who serials in the John Nathan Turner era, including one of the worst of all time, Warriors of the Deep. Wow. Such promise. What a good resume builder that must be. (laughs) In this episode, we find like a new potential Earth right away. First of all, the the Eagle One, it starts out like, boom, like in Mm -hmm. in media's res almost. The Eagle One is coming back already from uh, this expedition on this, like you said, idyllic Earth-like planet. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mention really quick, one of the astronauts flying the Eagle One back is uh, Stuart Damon. I don't know if that name rings any bell with anybody around here, but for 30 years, he played Alan Quartermain on uh, General Hospital, <laughs> as well as he was in Star 80, too. Like one of the okay. few Bob Fosse movies. And he was in the Carrot Top uh, vehicle, chairman of the board. Oh, uh, as, <laughs> as one of my faves, Norm MacDonald said, do they spell it B-O-R-E-D? Oh, <laughs> they should. <laughs> but no, it's, it's B-O-R-E-D, like surfboard, yes. actually. There's a great Conan O'Brien with Courtney Thorne Smith on promoting that. But Norm MacDonald was the other guest, and he rags her for being in a movie with Carrot Top. It's humorous <laughs> but uh Stuart damon worked in the champions too in british television before this but then went on to greatness in the world of soap operas for over 30 years 30 years dang. yeah and, and he started during the uh the luke and laura craze of the 80s early mm-hmm. 80s when the general hospital was very very popular yeah had weird spy storylines and stuff it was bizarre anyway but he, he's one of the pilots uh, flying the eagle one back gotcha from this expedition and then he gets hit by lightning after saying everything is great. We'll probably touch on it more, but man, it feels like someone struck by lightning is a 
trope with the show a bit. Also, somebody saying everything is great and wonderful. Everybody having like some optimistic news. It seems like, bam, something's going to get you. You know, there's yeah. another episode we'll talk about where as soon as the guy was all like, oh, I'm seeing it now, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, we're not going to see this guy again. Right. <laughs> they make red statements instead of wearing red shirts. Right, exactly. Uh, but this idea seems really bold to me for episode two. Like, oh, a new home right away. But it kind of also immediately reiterates how tough the adventure is going to be. Like, this seems too good to be true to be so soon, but this feels like something you'd hold off for, like, mid-season finale or right. finale. Like, oh, the new planet, and then it's not quite what it seems. Well, it's like in Battlestar Galactica where they were trying to find Earth, right? They they wouldn't mm-hmm. find, you'd, like you said, that would be a season finale thing. You know, it'd be like, oh, my God, they found Earth or whatever. And, but, yeah, this is like the sec- second episode. It's like, oh, second episode. there you go. And we find out that uh, Dr. Russell had a husband who's been dead for five years, but he reappears on the ship. Well, they find the astronauts after being hit by lightning. The the ship lands itself somehow. They run on there to help the astronauts. They've fallen asleep, uh, sleep lightning, and they find the like kind of uh, unconscious body of Helena's dead husband. Bum, bum, bum. Cue the organ player. Yeah. <laughs> this man has eyebrows like a Dick Tracy villain. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, can you turn down the eyebrows, buddy? Wow, he, Peter yeah. Peter Dinklage took notes from this guy. The eyebrows, whoa. Anyway, <laughs> he was like originally lost on a Jupiter mission of sorts. So he was basically Care Delay in 2001. There's a yeah. He got lost in orbit around Jupiter and then ascended to be some like spoiler for later on in the episode. This kind of ascended antimatter star child whatever thing. Just like in Star Trek, they meet God a lot in this series, too. Yeah, folks, we record in blocks, like chunks of episodes. Mm. So we'll have future references a little bit because we know a little more. So if things sound weird about us jumping ahead, we don't go one by one by one. Right. We do block, block, block. And we're going to be talking about like, oh, remember 2001? It feels a lot with this series. Yeah, they take like, a lot of cues from it. The, the, the production design in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Again, we're going to be talking about other episodes where there's like an ascendancy type situation where they there's find philosophies like a, a cosmic yeah. intelligence and they are ascend to like some higher consciousness. Like it's a very 70s approach to sci-fi, you know, dealing with the, the you mm-hmm. know, the, the apparent, like, I don't want to say paranormal or mystical, but, almost, you know, kind of dabbling in that. And that kind of thing can happen with this old television, the way they ran television back then, because it'd be like, okay, you go write these episodes and you write your episodes and then we just film them. They, they like don't have a huge plan. They talk, but I mean, everyone treats their episode like its own movie kind of back then with the week to week shows. It's more, more or less that than it is as much as this is a serialized adventure. It's they're all, they're kind of standalone every time so you get your shot you do that and a lot of ideas can get repeated throughout the season or the production design is very much on a level of a film of that period Mm -hmm. i think uh especially you know the the design of the spaceship the the look of everything the um the design of the costumes even the the special effects are all you know Mm -hmm. i would say you know film quality oh yeah yeah they and i because i have no problem they don't leave the ship a lot the the colony a lot so far what i've seen but I kind of am just still impressed with like looking at the sets. Like these are really nice. 
So. These are there's different aspects and different ways they get shot. So the the husband they do medical tests on him. They hook him up to an oscilloscope. Oscilloscope. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who's done like ninth grade electronics shop will recognize it because it's the the round screen oscilloscope that you know is in every high school in the world. So, right. They they notice differences in his body temperature look when Helen is there and not, and he causes some shit in the bay with a lot of watchka watchkas. Meanwhile. He's putting phase two behind schedule. Right. There's a lot, a lot of logistical meetings in this episode where they're right. talking about, I need 10 more hours here. Well, I need 15 minutes here. You know, I'm yeah. like, like it's supposed to be very tense or something, but it's totally not. It just looks right. like you're watching an office having a conference meeting. Well, it's about weird, it. They have a, they have an intervention with them even. And it's like, yeah, all, yeah. it's only dudes. All dude intervention, and like they turn the lights down to red to talk to him about this. Right, and he's like, "I want to talk to Helen. I want to talk." And they're like, "No, you're talking to us." You know, and Victor and and Koenig kind of corner him because, well, first, like he's comatose, and he kind of half wakes up, talks to Helen, and passes out again. Mm-hmm. Then they then they jack him up with like that laser adrenaline or whatever the hell that was. It looked like one of those glow pens you win at the carnival, right? And they shot him up with a laser needle. And he woke up for like a minute, said something cryptic, passed out again, and then woke up and like like you said, just started Frankensteining all over the place and knocking shit over. Yeah, speaking of Frankenstein all over the place, did you? I got a geek jonesing from. Is that a t- geek jonesing? I just made that up. They start talking about Lee's body, and we get like episode two already. We get reverse polarity, antimatter, all the like hot button sci fi terms. Yeah. From then, already in episode two, we're like just vomit them out. I was like, "Wow, we're here already." Episode two, it's kind of kind of funny to me. It, it is kind of funny, like you said, lots of buzzwords. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, some actors are very good at delivering, like Brent Spiner or uh, Lavar Burton, are very mm-hmm. good at delivering techno babble and making you believe it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Next Generation all through that. Not so much here. Like, <laughs> it, it, I find it weird they call computer like it's her name or their name. Yeah, like, we asked computer about it, like not the computer. It's, it's like, oh, it's our friend computer. Hello, computer. That was weird. Computer Jones, they're gonna go check out the planet, which the husband says, "Don't go there, please." Koenig's like, "All right, I'm gonna take people with me," and it's like, right, Duck Duck Goose. First of all, again, again, the highest ranking officer on Moonbase Alpha, and is what second or third in command is Helena, right? Right. They're going down to the planet. And it's highest rated pilot, too, is taking them. I also thought it was funny. I I thought this also served, since it's episode two, to remind or give us the names of the supporting cast of the show. Because we might not have picked them up on the first episode. Right, right. And he walks by, like, Victor during it and gives him, like, a cold shoulder. (laughs) Like a, ugh, not you. And he he gets picks Helena Russell. But then he does explain to him why he's not taking him along. He's like, yo, I need somebody back here. I love the part where her dead husband is like, you are dealing with powers beyond your understanding. You know, and all this other, like like you said, crypto speak. It was so cool. I was laughing really hard. I love that kind of stuff. The, The planet, it's like got a salmon sky and is populated with parrots. I wrote in my notes, a uh, big lots version of Star Trek planets. Right, yeah. <laughs> it was like as much as as impressive as the ship was, this is kind of like, all right, all right, we're here. We're on TV space. Now. Yeah, the, the the sky is salmon colored and they reach down to check out the water and it looks like peach nectar or something, but yeah. they uh, the water testing device was super cool. Like they took a little bit of water, 
they put it in this thing and they pulled a radio antenna out of it. Yeah. Yes. And then the camera followed, like did this like swipe cut to the left. And it was pointing and the, the new Rite Aid receipt that everything is printed out on the show came out of the computer and said, Oh, the water is pure. And I'm like, that's not pure in any way. Because they had to get it confirmed with the ship the, the colony. Yeah, yeah. Right, I, right. I keep calling it a ship. It's the moon. It's about, yeah, I just <laughs> call it. I'm alpha. never gonna get used to. Yeah. Yeah. Alpha. yeah. They're, they're tooling around on the moon. But yeah, like you said, there are parrots, there are birds of paradise, there's like some K pop branches, it's all misty and salmon colored, and it looked like kind of like the space hippie planet on Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, shit goes down, like, Paul dies, Sandra gets blinded. The autopsy doctor gets hit by lightning trying to deal <laughs> with the dude's body. Plastics melting, the eagle explodes with Carter inside, then the moon blows up, and the planet rumbles and ruckuses, and everybody dies, except Helena. Paul just exploded. Yeah. Like, they don't even <laughs> explain what does. happens to him. He just blows up. Right. And by the way, the music in this episode, a lot of waka cha waka cha waka cha waka cha A lot of, lot of fuzz tone and a lot of wah-wah. It was, it was actually, it was pretty cool. But it was weirdly mixed with, like, horns and strings. But mm-hmm. it, was, it was bizarre. It was bombastic. But the music gets really crazy in this sequence where, like, everything goes to shit. It's like, like, Paul explodes. Sandra goes blind. When Paul died, I was like... Oh, they actually killed him? That's pretty smooth. And then Sandra got blinded and stuff started building. Like, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. We're going to reverse this somehow. I don't know what. Wait, wait. I smell what the deus ex machina is cooking. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're like, I've seen enough to know. Yeah. And Alan's ship blows up. There's just explosions. Because yeah. there's only three people in the main credits. So I know yeah. they're not going anywhere. They turn on these giant wind machines. <laughs> and they throw styrofoam rocks at them. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on. And then Koenig gets crushed under a giant styrofoam rock. Helena gets dirt all over her face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's traumatic for everyone. <laughs> and Helena gets her, her husband shows up. It's like a she hears, matter never dies, Helena. Hold on, I have a good... It's his image in mere opposite of himself tells her that. Unknown radiation transformed him into a higher form of life. Because that's how that works. It is perfectly. I learned science. it. Science. <laughs> Space 1999 science. Lesson. And then he says he's like antimatter and they're matter. But basically, he says what happened to him is what happened. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, what happened to Kier Dulle in 2001? He gets stranded around the orbit of Jupiter. Mm-hmm. He like it comes in contact with some sort of cosmic intelligence and, you know, ascends to this weird antimatter dude whatever he is and he becomes like reborn or some yeah and he's like all cool he's in robes and stuff he looks like he just came from choir practice and then helena pretty much just wishes everything back somehow by giving her strength to see what she wants to see the the antimatter lead like he resets the planet before shit went down and then koenig cancels operation exodus right which was foreshadowed in the First episode by the right. computer. Yeah, yeah, I see why. Yeah. I see why this order now. Okay. Yeah, the trajectory seems good on their journey for running into Earth-type planets, as they say. The, though to get to all of them, it'll be well over two thousand years. Yeah. What was with the random mathematician that came in? <laughs> like, uh, like you don't see that guy for the entire episode, right? Then at the end, he comes in to give some random statistics about, well, we'll run into this many Earth-sized planets in this many years, and blah blah. blah. I'm like. Huh? <laughs> Why? What? It was like the stand-in for the showrunner telling us, like, 
we might do episodes like this again, but yeah. different <laughs> right. in the future. Just just so you know. I didn't think of it that way, but that's probably it. <laughs> Something like that. Did you feel this episode kind of felt like two of them, two scripts that got restructured to make one? Like I feel like there's an episode about the planet that's one thing, right? and then an episode about this guy, the husband, coming back to life that's like, why don't we just put those together because both aren't working as a complete thing? Right. They probably didn't have an ending for one or a beginning for the other, Yeah. right? Or an explanation for the other. Yeah, I can yeah. see where that would be kind of uh, like uh, tacked on. I do like when he's stomping around the um, the medical center, though. Mm-hmm. I want Helena. People just flying around. It's like, get after him. And everybody's like kind of jogging. And he's just like Frankenstein walking well ahead of them. Yeah. It was just funny. It was good stuff. Too bad the parrots didn't like give away anything or be like, antimatter. <laughs> I'm an antimatter parrot. Reversible learning. <laughs> That's episode two, Matter of Life and Death. Not a matter of life and death, just matter of life and death. Not because get it, matter, anti-matter. It's a pun. Right. And you know what? I'm still I'm still down in the show. Had a nice little interesting first jaunt in not setting everything up. I got to say, though, Koenig is like the commander of the uninspiring speech. <laughs> he is. He gives one here, too. And even with different screenwriters, I've noticed, every time he's supposed to give an inspiring speech to Alpha... I'm just like, what? <laughs> right. And he just. Braveheart, this is not, okay? You're not like stirring the troops at all. Lando has typically been a supporting actor. Mm-hmm. This is like one of the few things I've seen him completely lead. And it's it's just kind of different. I just think he's a different actor than what mm-hmm. they really needed for this role. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's doing his best with it, but like he's not quite. He'd be a great Spock like type role. Yeah, or he would be good in Victor's role. Yeah, yeah. As a uh, scientist. Yeah, that's what that's what he seems to be. But uh, you know what? I'm still down. I like the the writing so far is pretty solid. Heavily leaning on the the science factor. But Marcel, so to speak. So to speak. That's where they, <laughs> they want to go. They want to go less less swashbuckling adventures and more hard science and philosophies. Oh, um, yeah. It's that that whole soft sci-fi movement in the '60s and '70s that dealt more with psychology and. Mm-hmm. philosophy and things like that is kind of reflected here. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this edition of Old Space Show. Jim, tell everybody where they can find your work. Every week you can listen to me on the Taylor Network Podcast.com on Nothing's On. Uh, myself, comedian Donnie Salvo, and Daryl Taylor himself. Every week we cover the week's worth of entertainment, television, movie news, you know, do it in our own knuckleheaded, shenanigan-filled way. Uh, also, we've just launched a new podcast on the Taylor Network Podcast.com, The Players Club, which I'm hosting uh, all about video games. And that's going to be uh, myself, Gil Cologne, Jason Hendricks, and various guests and fun people coming by to talk about different video games they love and enjoy to play. And on hhwlod.com, very soon you'll be able to listen to the Walking Dead TV podcast again as the show returns for its final season coming up. Check that out. Thank you. I'll be back sooner uh, this week, but Old Space Show return. And next time we'll be talking about episode three, Black Sun. So until then, Alpha out. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Osman. 
theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at thebrandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at thebrandonpetersshow.com. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.